Everybody, welcome Mike back oh, yeah. to the studio. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. Hot minute without hot Mike. Do you guys miss me? Yes. Yeah. We kind of fell nice. off the wagon. Yeah. Sorry without you. <laughs> I don't even. Mike probably doesn't even know this. Oh yeah, you don't listen to the podcast. Yeah. So I dropped the ball. Uh, because of all like of the a week and a half. Oh, and I was on vacation too, and like. Hey, I mean, life happens. All of the trauma. So many things happened. Yeah, seriously. One thing after another. Jesus Christ. But yeah, I missed a mini, and then she missed an episode, and then we just kind of kept the ball dropping after that. And I was like, I was on vacation, and I I was like, I really want to just go get drunk. I don't want to sit here and edit (laughs) this episode. And then I'm always sick. Fair. And she was, yeah, she was sick. And then the dog stuff. That was tragic. I know. And... Well, yeah. welcome back, everybody. Yes. Yeah, so All right. It, it, we're Great to be back. On, we're back on track. Back on a schedule. Yeah. Every, yeah, we got a, I think we got an, not an interview. We got a review of someone that's like, where'd you go? Oh, please God. tell me. You disappeared. Please, scared please, me. Please tell me you're not give, like quitting or like oh, giving up like these other podcasts do. Oh, God. Um, no, we like, are back no. and better than ever, baby. No, sometimes you just need a reset. Like, mm-hmm. it's good to be consistent and I think. You know, obviously, up with us doing like two episodes a week is mm-hmm. also a lot. And yeah, you know, this is not our full time gig. <laughs> None of us like this is for funsies. You know. Yes. I maybe funsies with... and advocacy, obviously. But like, yes, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say maybe when we get when I get moved because Mike and I will be so close to each other. Yeah. Uh, we will probably do batch recordings so that you don't have to drive forty or thirty minutes to yeah. us every weekend. <laughs> Yes, and there will be a little bit of a break from skating stuff, too, mm-hmm. in the summer, so that always, like, makes things easier. Woo-woo! I'll have an extra night, you know, sometimes during mm. the week, so we'll, f- we'll figure it out. Things will thing, things just keep rolling. Mm-hmm. All right, any housekeeping? Housekeeping! I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Mike's back! Nothing. We're That's, back! Mike's back! <laughs> He's How here. about that? That's He's our housekeeping! Here. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Okay, yeah, I don't have any housekeeping. Okay. Are we ready? All right, Gabby, go ahead and dive right in. Woohoo! All righty. Okay, guys, so this episode is one that I'm reading today, as as Mike said. So, <laughs> yeah. As Mike said. Great. I, uh, great. <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared for that today, so that's why I'm like, okay. On the spot. Sorry. All right. Let's talk <laughs> mysteries and murders, guys, because this week, Sophie thinks, is both as it took over a decade for any changes to be made. As part of us bringing awareness to missing and murdered indigenous women, or MMIW, I will be presenting this week's case. These are the murders of Helen Betty Osborne and Calvin John Osborne. According to a CBC News article by Donna Carrero... Nailed it. Hell yeah. Nailed it. Actually, on, I don't know, I have but no it sounds... Idea. <laughs> it's, that's how I read it. Too. Confidence, right? Yep. On November 12th, 1971, a giggly Cree teenager from a northern Manitoba town wrapped up a full day of classes the same way that she usually did. 
playfully teasing her friend and classmate, but too shy to talk to the teacher in front of her. Hours later, in the cold dark of night, Helen Betty Osborne was targeted, abducted, and murdered for sport. According to the Aboriginal Justice Implementation Commission report, while walking along 3rd Street in the pass on the, that cold night... What? That's in a, I the think pass, it's a city? The paw. Or it's the paw. I thought it was the paw. Do you know anything about Canada, Mike? It's French. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's P-A-S, so I'm assuming it's the paw. I also wasn't used to them referring to indigenous or First Nation peoples as ab aboriginal. Yeah, Canada. What the fuck? Her th- uh, <laughs> pop softener just got flaccid. Oh no, what is going on? <laughs> okay, what the fuck would just say? Her, oh no. <laughs> it like got really limp dick. It just was like, I'm done. <laughs> oh my God. Ah, uh, technical difficulties. Okay. Oh my god. While walking along Third Street in the Paw or the Pass, I don't know, the P A S Pass Paw, whatever. Um, On that cold Saturday morning, Betty Osborne was accosted by four men in a car. Dwayne Archie. Oh no, not Archie. Johnston. I know. <laughs> James Robert Paul Houghton. Lee Scott Colg. What? La pa. La pa. No, shut up. That's all I wanted from you. La pa. La pa. Okay. Yeah. Well, look at me knowing some French. I, I mean, I originally read it as the pass. I was like, it's the pass. Like that's so. what I did too. But I was like, oh, fuck, that's probably French. Yeah. <laughs> it is a town. Oh, okay. The the, the pa. The step. Oh. oh. Cute. The step. Okay, I'm going to go by four men in a car. Dwayne Archie Johnston, James Robert Paul Houghton, Lee Scott Colgan, and Norman Bernard Manger. Manger. Manger? Whatever. Baby in a manger. I know. I was like, um, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Houghton, who was driving, stopped the car and Johnston got out, attempting to convince Osborne to go with them to, quote, party. She... Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, I want to party. Let's go party. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. Ah, 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 yeah. Hiya, Bobby. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was too real for me. Oh, God. I want to see that movie, by the way. There's a... The Barbie movie? There's no, a movie coming out, yeah. No, no. There's oh, a yeah, new movie coming guess, out with Margot guess, Robbie. No, guess who's playing what? Ken? Guess who's playing Ken? I Sophie. My mouth just filled with saliva at the guess. thought of Margot Robbie playing Barbie. She's so hot. Okay, no, sorry, guess what? who's playing Ken. I don't know. Go ahead. Last, Think of last episode that we just recorded. Brian Gosling? Yeah. yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Him and um, Simu Shi. Who the fuck is that? Okay, that one I don't know. Who He's is that? He's uh, from uh, Legend of the uh, Ten Rings. Shang-Chi. No. Oh, 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 oh. I have no idea. The okay. Asian, it's a Marvel a- movie. The Asian guy? Yeah. Oh. Also hot. Yeah. Have you guys seen the new That's trailer? That's all you had to say. Yeah. <laughs> hot Asian guy. That one. Okay. For me, it doesn't <laughs> the, narrow the it down. He was, in, he was in um Selling Sunset. He bought a house from Kershaw on Selling Sunset. Uh-huh. Anyway. Margot Robbie is so hot. We got way off topic already. That's, but that's, uh, that's, that's normal. That's hot. That's par for the course. I mean, come on. Yeah. Let it clear I, up. I can't really see. Yeah, hold um, on. How do you say Because it? it's in oh front my. of your mic. So, so beautiful. 
it's in front of How do you your... pronounce his name, Mike? Simushi? Yeah. yeah look at, that look might that. be incorrect, nice. but that's how I pronounce his name. Simu... So. Wait, it looks like Lou. What? Oh, Simu. Yeah, Simu Lou. There you go. Okay, so I, I was wrong. Wash my laundry yeah. on his abs. He is a beautiful, beautiful man. Mm-hmm. Nice. L- look at him. Perfect yeah. jawline, little bit of stubble. So cute. Okay. <laughs> I got the first name right. <laughs> okay, so back to these guys wanting her to go, quote, party. She told them that she did not wish to accompany them. She then was forced into their car and driven away. Oh, nice. That's great. Huh. Like, that was that was just short. Like uh, uh, they asked her to party. She said no. So they she, took went. Her. <laughs> so she went. So they yeah. they took her. Yeah. They didn't take no for an answer. Yeah. Sorry. You want to come with? Like, well, you're going. But they're they're gonna ask at first and give you the option to say yes. But it's, it's not the option to say how, no is not how there. nice. It's so they can go back later and be like, well, we asked. Yeah. The option was just not no. It was, there was no other option. In the car, Osborne was assaulted by Colgan and Johnston as Houghton drove. Johnston ripped at her blouse and Colgan grabbed at her breasts. In spite of her screams and attempts to escape, Osborne was taken to a cabin belonging to Houghton's parents at Clearwater Lake. At the cabin, she was pulled from the car and beaten by Johnston while the others stood watching and drinking wine they had stolen earlier. Criminals. It honestly sounds like the worst, like a Law and Order or like a Criminal Minds dum, episode dum. that like you would see. Yes, yeah. yes. Like it would start with the like the college kids, yeah. you know, drinking and watching this gang. Right. It, yeah. That's honestly and what. First, I was you steal wine, picturing. then you steal a woman. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Isn't that it's what so you're picturing cringy. though? It's yeah. like a very it is textbook. Yeah. Osborne continued to struggle and scream, and because her assailants were afraid they might be heard, she was forced back into the car and driven further from town to a pump house next to the lake. At least some of her clothing was removed by her assailants in the car. At the pump house, she was once more taken from the car by one or more of her assailants, and the beating continued. Her clothes, those which had not been removed earlier, were taken from her. Wearing only her winter boots, she was viciously beaten and stabbed, apparently with a screwdriver, more than 50 times. Holy shit. I know. It's excess. Damn. That's like... That's hatred. I know it is hatred, or obviously personal. Or that's what spouses mental, do too. Like mental illness. illness. That's not how you use a screwdriver. That's not <laughs> what it's for. <laughs> Guys, I thought you were making me a drink. <laughs> Son of a bitch! That's not the screwdriver I meant. I want vodka and orange juice. I mean, I was talking about the hand tool still, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, car- the carpenter is like that is not how to. Oh, no, Gabby, that's not a screwdriver. That is not how you properly use a screwdriver. <laughs> Gabby and I are like vodka. <laughs> He's right though. That's not that's, how you use it. Yeah, that's right. not good. That's not good. That is absolutely correct, Mike. Incorrect usage of the tool avoids the warranty. <laughs> oh my god. When a victim is stabbed any more than seven times, it's considered either hate motivated or personal. Oh wow, I was I didn't even read that sentence. I just um, said that wow i'm like graduating to the next level of true crime it makes sense look at you guys have been doing this for six months well probably seven with the one we skipped yeah (laughs) (laughs) her face was smashed beyond recognition the evidence suggests that two people then dragged her body into the bush i was gonna say brush (laughs) Um, and then i was like bush brush whatever her clothes were hidden the four men then left returned to the paw with a step and the went step. and went their separate ways. It's French. It's French. 
Oui, oui. I'm French Canadian. <laughs> oh my God. I'm French Canadian. Her body was discovered the next morning by Kenny Gerba, a 14-year-old oh, uh, boy in the town. Don't you fucking hate that? Yeah. Little Kenny. He's just like, uh. He's like, I just he wanna. Had grown tired of fishing. He was, yeah. Gosh, why is it always fishing? Gabby and I were talking about in the last episode. It's always somebody who's been fishing or walking like their kid. Or walking their dog, or just a jogger that always fucking finds a body. See, that's why I don't do any of those <laughs> yeah. things. I told Gabby, I was like, this is why I don't go outside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Stay in my lane. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Not on sidewalks or off the beaten trail. <laughs> right. So Kenny had grown tired of fishing and went off looking for rabbit tracks when he discovered her unclothed body. Mm. He and his father reported the discovery to the police and the RCMP, or... The Royal Canadian Mounted Police, which means they are on horses. The Mounties. Right? Yeah, I, w- I wondered that. I was like, are they still on horses? Because I feel like they shouldn't be called. They that are. Anymore. Have you seen? Oh. Uh, have you seen? No. God damn it! You haven't seen Yellowstone. Yet. I was, I was <laughs> going to say, if you say Yellowstone, <laughs> uh, yes, because these guys were like stealing some of the cattle, or the, no, sorry, they were stealing horses, and they were trying to bring them into Canada, like over the border, oh. um, and. Modern one of the day, li- they still were ride horses. That's awesome. And and these um the criminals were like stealing these horses mm-hmm. at, from between the U.S. and Canada. Oh, I meant the Royal Mountain Police. Yeah, they were on horses. Who yeah. cleans up the ho- the horse crap in the streets? The streets. The, the cl- the they're clean. riding on the oh. horses. This well, this yeah, this too. was like out in the middle of the con- like oh, the country. Okay, okay, okay. The, what the scene I'm referring to. Oh, I mean, even it. New York still has mounted police. Yeah, Minneapolis have, has mounted police. Yeah, well, they have mounted police. Yeah. yeah, we have mounted police. Yes, here? we do. Yeah, <gasps> like during like warm when months. We had, what is it? The basketball four. Yeah, final the four. Yeah, final oh. four. Whoever. March oh Madness. my god, that Fro- is so. I was cool. gonna say Frozen Four, and I was like, no, that's hockey. <laughs> but yeah, that is so cool. But anyway, yes, that. they are on horseback. That's kind of cool. So I guess what I'm getting from this is that you and I are going to have to swap Amazon Primes. So you watch the movies I bought. I watch Yellowstone. E- Yes, but I don't. I don't have all of the seasons bought of Yellowstone. I'm just the recent ones because it used to be on oh. Paramount Plus. I don't know if is it still on yeah. Paramount Plus. Yep. Only uh, only, like, only one through four. Only one through four, and then I bu- yeah, yeah, and then I had to buy five on Amazon. <sighs> Too many subscription actually, services. Actually, I think it's on Peacock. Oh, oh Peacock. Yeah. Yeah. Peacock. The... Peacock. I may see a Peacock. Okay. Cook, cook your Peacock. <laughs> okay. Anyway, well, anyway, the RCMP, as I mentioned. <laughs> The police and the RCM. <laughs> Mike is like, oh dear God. Was that a horse? That yeah. was kind of a weird okay. nay. Sorry. <laughs> nay. She's weak and a little sick. <laughs> Com- they commenced their investigation. So initial police efforts centered on the possibility that Osborne's murder was one of her friends or was known to them. RCMP officers rounded up her friends and questioned them. They were all indigenous peoples and the police had no success in identifying the assailants until they received an anonymous letter in May of 1972 implicating Colgan, Houghton, and Manger, only three out of the four boys. Mm-hmm. RCMP. Showing so few well, pictures of yeah. people actually riding horses. <laughs> there you go. Was that, that was better? better. There that was better. you go. The letter was written by Catherine Dick, who it was later discovered had been told of the murder by Lee Colgan shortly after it took place. Police then seized the Colgan family car, which had been used in the abduction. Examination of the vehicle revealed traces of hair and blood, as well as a piece of a brassiere so strap. <laughs> wow. 
so fancy. Aka her bra. There, there her difference? bra strap. <laughs> I think a brassiere yeah. goes like around your torso a little bit, whereas okay. a bra is like just covering my bits. I thought bra was just a shortened shortened for brassiere. Oh. But I don't know. Brassiere was like the the shirt bra things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like kind of covers bralette. your turt. Oh, that. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> a bralette or yep. like a or like a built-in. Well, a bralette bra with, doesn't like, a have wire in it. I should know. I worked at Victoria's Secret for like three years. Yeah, Sophie, you should know this. <laughs> I don't even wear bras except for sports bras, so I don't fucking know. <laughs> the luxury. Me neither. <laughs> he wears except sports, for bras, sports bras. <laughs> except <laughs> for sports bras. Mike wears sports bras. Yep. <laughs> Shortly after the seizure of the car, an informant told police the fourth man in the car that night was Dwayne Johnston, not to be confused with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Oh, no! <laughs> that when I typed. <laughs> not to be confused with the not criminal hot piece, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yes. The Rock says you're coming. Damn it. That's why they kept putting his middle name in there, but I took it out yeah. every time they mentioned it because his middle name's well, Archie. Well, a lot of times with... Oh, yeah. Especially because of your child. Um, <laughs> a lot of times with... I feel like with stuff like this, like with criminals, they, they list the whole name. Oh. Like, think about... Not to be confused with... Dwayne, the fucking awesome hot ass rock. Also, rock Johnston Johnson. versus Johnson. But yeah, yeah. That's why I, <laughs> I love not- that you oh. said that. Enunciation. <laughs> uh, attempts to question the suspects were frustrated when the men, on the advice of their lawyer, Darcy ba- Bancroft. Sure. Darcy. Yeah, I know. What I a stumbled. bitch. Darcy. Well, <laughs> we don't like her. Who the fuck is Darcy? No. Who the fuck are you? Darcy Bancroft. So her that advice was to refuse to speak with the police. Repeated attempts and a number of ruses were unsuccessful in breaking through their silence. The police found it impossible to gather sufficient evidence to support a charge of murder against any of the four men believed to have been involved in the murder. Which I feel like all the evidence they found in the Lee C. Col- whatever guy's car... Colgan. Yes, I feel like that's pretty substantial evidence. Like, why would her blood, hair, the bra strap, everything else, like... Yeah. Maybe she had an accident. Oh. Maybe she crawled her way in the car. (laughs) Take a little nap. (laughs) She took a little nap. (laughs) Take a nap. Take a nap right here. Take a nap right here. (laughs) God damn it. I don't know. Oh, my God. They also... No, they they also didn't have the murder weapon. Oh, fuck. Which yeah, I forgot. That's probably the, part of it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Do you think it was a flathead or a Phillips oh head? Oh, my God. Jesus! <laughs> Only a carpenter would ask that. <laughs> I'm betting. Mm. Okay, what would you throw in the trunk of your car, probably? Phillips. A flathead or a Phillips head? Yeah, I feel like a Phillips. That's well, the one that need, has the four-prong thing, yeah. right? Not both. the flat. You do need both in certain situations, but... Yeah. I would... Uh, if I were to borrow I my mom like or dad's Phillip, car, I feel like Phillips are more like common. Same. Then, but I don't know. I'm not a carpenter, so wouldn't know. Okay, back to the story. By the end of 1972, although rumors were circulating in the paw as to the identity of those involved in the killing, the investigation had all of a sudden stalled. And as in all cases of this nature do, it went cold. For more than a decade, the names of those implicated in her attacks swirled around the streets, inside bars, and even among justice officials. Between 1973 and 1983, only intermittent checks were made on the case. In July 1983, an extensive review of the file was begun by const... What is that? Constable. Constable. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, I was oh. like, Const. Yeah, I don't know what that is. They're fancy up there. Robert Urbana- Urbanowski of the Thompson RCMP Detachment. Okay, I have honestly no idea what that Canadian means. Canadian people are going to like know exactly what we're talking about, but I had no idea. That sounds very European, like I had royal. to Google Royal Mounted Canadian Police. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, the Mounties. Because I was like, what the... F- who the fuck ride? Do you pull over a car guys? riding a horse or what? Yep. What? Oh. <laughs> How well, funny would it be if you asked the horse to stay and you're like license and registration and the horse just <laughs> you drops a load of crap. It's like, got like lights going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Attached to its head. <laughs> it's got its tongue sticking out just like that. It's like. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what kind of siren do you think it makes? I don't know. Just yeah, that's a good question. Farting I, or something. Yeah, I was picturing it as just, you know that noise that it makes when shit hits the concrete so hard because the the poop is so big. That's all I'm picturing right now. Well, imagine arresting a guy on a horse and you're like, "All right, hop on." <laughs> no, they'd put him in handcuffs and make him yeah. lay on his tummy like sideways oh, yeah. on the back like of a, the horse, like a bandit. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. So, uh, many of the original informants are re-interviewed. The suspects were contacted again in June of 1985. The RCMP placed an article in the local newspaper requesting the assistance of the public in solving the murder. The result was that several people came forward to recount comments about the murder made over the years by Colgan and Johnston. It was the disclosure of those remarks that finally led to charges of murder being laid against the two in October of 1986. Before the beginning of their preliminary hearing in March 1987, Lee Colgan was granted immunity from prosecution in return for his testimony against his co-assailants. I hated, yeah, I, well, <laughs> I hated that he got immunity just for testifying. Like, Yeah, but that's what they do. I know, but it made me so mad. They want to know what happened. and they, In their minds, it's probably like, it's better to get three out of the four than... None at all. None. Yeah, right? that's true. That's true. <sighs> immunity. That just seems like a fake thing. You got immunity. Like, what is this? The end of the world? Get out of jail free card. Yeah, like, well, I don't know, but what it just the- seems like immunity, like you're never going to die. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to live forever. There's probably some people who have thought that. You have immunity now. Great. And then jump off a building. Oh, no. <laughs> well, we needed your testimony. <laughs> Great. Let's test it out. Um <laughs> <laughs> on the strength of Colgan's evidence, Houghton was arrested and charged on July 5th, 1987. At least he got to party for new, uh, 4th of July. Oh um, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great <laughs> way to think about it. He didn't deserve that. <laughs> I mean, they should have just got him Canadian? on the third. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> they don't celebrate the 4th of July. <laughs> they have their own Independence Day. but Canada it's a, Day. It's different. Yeah, they were obviously. (laughs) They were the red poppies and shit. Yeah. My bad, Canada. Sorry. At the preliminary hearing later that month, both Houghton and Johnston were committed to stand trial. The Attorney General's Department brought the case to trial in December 1987. Sixteen years after the murder, a jury found Johnston guilty of the murder of Betty Osborne. He was sentenced to life imprisonment without eligibility for parole for 10 years. Houghton was acquitted. Johnston's appeal of his conviction was dismissed by the Manitoba Court of Appeal on September 14, 1988, and his application for leave to appeal to the Supreme Court of Canada was denied on March 13, 1989. 
So that's like, what, six months later? Yes, he was real quick to file those appeals. Like, he yeah. went fucking Audi. Dwayne Johnston. <laughs> Not the beloved actor of America. Not the rock. <laughs> Only served that minimum of 10 years, and by October of 1997, hmm. he was free walking the streets out on parole. I repeat, this is Sophie's typing. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I repeat, Dwayne Johnston only served 10 years of a, quote, lifetime sentence Which I just... for a second degree murder. <clears throat> yeah, that's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Well, I mean, life can be short. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Does that mean he died? I fucking wish. They're <laughs> all served... still alive. If he, only, Actually, if, he only, if he only served 10 years. I think, I think there was a guy that argued he um, like died for three minutes or something in prison. Yeah, he's Shut like, up. And he's like, there you go. Serve my sentence. I mean, I feel like <sighs> they'd kind of be did like... They do, did they do anything? Or no? They, I forget what the actual decision was. Damn. But I know that the, he brought he it did. up as like, okay. yeah, I served my life sentence. That was... My I life died. ended. I and I'm, ba- I'm back. I did die. Gross who's back. Sack of shit. Back, back again. This guy's back. Sack Shady's of shit. back. Back again. Tell your friends. Guess who's back. Guess who's back. The dissenting member said Johnston's life is still unsettled by a custody battle over one of his children and he still doesn't understand the violent tendencies in his behavior. Oh. Go to therapy. I feel like a lot of people just don't even like have self-awareness of the, themselves, obviously, because that's what self-awareness That's a lot is, of like, rage, though, to have a rage outburst that results in the murder of a young teen girl. Like, that's yeah. fucking unhinged. You have something yeah. deeply disturbed within you (laughs) yeah yet the panel did agree he poses little risk of committing another crime she was the victim of a now notorious hate crime that ultimately exposed what indigenous communities had known all along racism in the province was alive thriving and deadly a friend and classmate of osborne rita mciver recalls for many years we wondered is there a serial killer that can get away with what they did with such a brutal killing to my friend She continues, that took a lot of anger and a lot of hate on First Nations women. It's coming up on 52 years since young Helen's murder and the flawed investigation that followed the case. However, Helen's case was one that led to the historic Aboriginal Justice Inquiry, a provincial inquiry commissioned in 1988, was one of the first to examine just how far did the racism in Manitoba's judicial system go. So this is like Canada's version of missing murdered indigenous women yeah mciver last saw her childhood friend on november 12th 1971 a cold november day in the paw manitoba it would be another 16 years before anyone was brought to justice for osborne's murder the two friends were from different communities osborne was from kennesaw sippy cree nation also known as norway house mciver was from tatasquayak tatasquayak sure sure Sure. Cree Nation. I'm I'm also Cree, so this is kind of funny. I'm like, I have no idea how to pronounce this. The Norway House um, thing. That's what I was going to say earlier. The Norway House thing threw me for a loop. It's mm. the name of the community. I was like, what the oh. fuck is Norway House? Yeah. Like, it's just one place that they all live. Yeah. They live in one <laughs> yeah, building together. They live in they the Norway in. House. Yeah. I was like, what? It was like, the community was mostly indigenous people, but it was nicknamed that because Norwegians came over and made a warehouse. So it was yeah. nicknamed Norway House. That I did actually Google because I was like, what the fuck is Norway House? <laughs> they made a what? They made like a warehouse for like fishing. fishing. So it is. A, oh, okay. They live in it. Yeah. 
but because but of the Norwegians, they, they probably like started that like uh-huh. community, and then it just was like Norway House. Yep, yeah. It's kind of like this bar in in Oxford where I went to school. Mm-hmm. It's this bar is called the Woods, but everyone calls it New Bar, and it's like twenty years old. But it, it, it <laughs> the name just stuck because like it yeah. was the New Bar at yeah. one new point, bar. and everyone just calls it New Bar. We're going to New Bar. Sure, it's the same thing. Norway House, New Got Bar. Yeah, like it's the same thing. <laughs> same funny. concept. Anyway, so these two, Osborne and McIver, attended residential school together before reuniting as classmates again in the PA, about 630 kilometers or 391 miles northwest of Winnipeg. Also want to mention residential schools are like boarding schools. So Mm, that's where they would take Native American children and bring them to these schools and westernize them and i drafted that episode so long ago and still haven't finished it because it's 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 a lot it's a but lot. that will be coming yeah so just just for those who are Hang like there. residential yes. school like what is that it's a literal like boarding school but mm-hmm. not the fun version the, the, the anti-fun version of boarding those, school and for those who have heard that we've mentioned that it's coming it is coming it's just a lot of information yeah that i have to compile so unfortunately so osborne and mciver said that she called her betty was sitting in class and as was often the case asked mciver about her homework for the day she had the sharpest pencils and she'd poke me and say what does that teacher want us to do for an assignment mciver recalled because she was too shy to ask the teacher she liked to laugh but she was shy mciver accommodated her though she teased her right back why are you asking me because none of us ever do homework uh, that's funny i wanted to include that because i was like it just really yeah. paints a picture of like her last moment yeah like, like she's a kid like doing yeah, homework yeah you know like, and then they're like you want to party like no creepy old man i don't want to party <laughs> with you like leave me alone i thought it was a sweet like yeah day-to-day of helen yeah. helen betty whichever she yeah i was confused when i read helen i'm like who's helen and then i was like mm-hmm. oh it's the same person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so still McIver said she admired her friend. Betty was always taking care of herself, how she looked, how she dressed, how she took care of her work. Me, I'm the opposite. So that's the thing I remember the most. Later that night, McIver saw her friend again walking outside. It was dark and cold and McIver was worried. I said, come on, I'll take you home. McIver said, and she got away from me. That was the last time I had seen her come Monday morning. The rumors were swirling. A body had been found. A woman was murdered. All I know is I heard somebody got killed, McIver said. The scary part was not knowing who or what happened. McIver's sense of unease grew when she arrived at school and Betty's chair was empty. I found that so strange and so eerie. If anyone would make it to class every day, it would be her. Dude, were you saying mm, to the story? No, or? I said mm. Oh, oh, oh. I was, said, I was her chair was like, empty. Her chair <sighs> empty. Yeah. 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 I was like, well, I was gonna do it, but I had water in my mouth. So <laughs> I didn't thought you were like, mm, that water's so. No, good. I was like, <laughs> like gasp. That would be a really sinking feeling, like. Well, and you probably like you just have this feeling, like you yeah. know she like walked away, she was by herself, like yes, yes, and then your friend is the one that is not in class, mm-hmm. and that's not normal for her. It's not good. Uh, within days, details of the discovery were revealed. The body that had been found in the bushes near the pump house at Clearwater Lake, just north of the Paw, was confirmed as that of Helen Betty Osborne's body. A distant cousin of Osborne's, Gordy Ross, is now a Manitoba First Nations constable. 
I volunteered to come out here because of her death. I don't want another Helen Betty Osborne to happen. It still affects us today. My mom, my one auntie, she still hurts today. And every time she thinks about it, she just can't take it. Ross grew up knowing about his distant cousin, but didn't know the details until he was a teenager and saw Conspiracy of Silence, the CBC TV movie about Osborne's life and death. My family was watching this video and I was wondering why they started crying and they told me this was their cousin, Ross recalled. They all just burst out crying. What's worse is that what happened to Helen Betty Osborne wasn't an anomaly. Long before Murray Sinclair went on to be co-commissioner of the Aboriginal Justice Inquiry, he was a practicing lawyer who, who heard stories about Osborne's death and others like hers. It wasn't just in the paw, Sinclair said. There were other communities where these kinds of things had happened and they'd often talk about indigenous girls going missing and not being discovered or being discovered dead. And nobody was ever held accountable for their deaths. He firmly stated no one was ever held accountable. Helen's friend Rita would often say to see each other today with gray hair would be a blessing. Oh, that's oh sad. and I and I feel like that's a phrasing that a lot of indigenous women, yeah, people just sorry, a lot of indigenous peoples say to each other. I've heard that before. I yeah. read it before. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. I was no, I was just thinking about like my grandma because like mm-hmm. she has like almost like that jet black native mm-hmm. hair, mm-hmm. and like she's like, like turning you? gray. No, I was just like taking a Reflecting. moment because of, well, also just because like this is just a hard one to read and i was like not anticipating this I thought sorry read something else today <laughs> i need a heads up when i'm gonna be reading about you're stuff. gonna be sad today yeah anyway rita keeps her childhood friend from half a century ago alive in her heart her friend who should have lived to be a mother a teacher maybe even somebody's cocoon or grand, that, grand, that cute? grandmother in cree by now she said Osborne demanded of becoming or demanded. Jesus, what am I reading? Osborne dreamed of becoming a teacher. She demanded to be a teacher. Helen demanded. She said, "Make me a fucking teacher." I don't know what. Whatever. <laughs> I Os- love it. Osborne dreamed of becoming a teacher when she left her home in Norway House, Manitoba, to go to Margaret Barbor Barber Barbor whatever collegiate in the pot in 1971. She was only there for two months before, on November 13th, she was brutally murdered. The Aboriginal Justice Implementation Commission found that the main factors in the case were racism, sexism, and indifference. In the findings of the Aboriginal Justice Inquiry, Helen Betty Osborne wouldn't have been killed had it not been for the color of her skin, said Eric Robinson, a former NDP or New Democratic Party member of the Manitoba Legislative Assembly for Kiwatanuk. What a mouthful. That, I know. That was a lot to he, read, and I, I'm I surprised like, I even read that whole sentence. <laughs> when I typed it, I was like, what a fucking title. <laughs> I think they just King of Genovia. Yeah, literally. <laughs> seriously. What's even more tragic is that the Osborne family did not have just one racially motivated hate crime occur in their family, but two. Now, Helen was the oldest of 12 children born to Joe and Justine Osborne. Damn. 12 babies. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) Two volleyball teams. Like, pull out, dude. (laughs) My family is one short of that. Yeah. We're not exactly sure where Calvin falls in the birth order, but he's obviously and clearly one of Helen's younger brothers, (laughs) as she's the oldest. According to another CBC News article, this one by James Turner, Calvin Osborne was a gay man who was commonly known on the streets 
by the name Rose. Okay, something about that I want to say quick about people who are like gay or mm-hmm. whatever in the in the Native American culture. Mm-hmm. They're called two spirit. Yes, I yeah. saw that a lot, and I was like, yeah. I don't know what that means. So they're actually looked at as like that's so crazy because when I looked it up, it's not LGBTQ mm-hmm. community; it's LGBTTS something two spirit. Yes. Yeah. So that just means that they that these people that like that in the Native American culture, they view people who like if you're a man but you're feminine or you're a woman and mm-hmm. you're masculine, that you have two spirits within you and wow. like you're kind of viewed as a spiritual like leader in that sense because you can kind of see like both sides of the coin That's more than so someone beautiful. who is like straight, I guess you could say. <laughs> a straight guy or you know girl like heterosexual person that's such a beautiful way to look at it yeah so they don't and it's also very more accepting that's yeah they were they're kind of just i mean they still like viewed them i guess like differently but it was in a good light instead of you're going to hell oh yeah 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 fire and damnation and brimstone yeah exactly so that's just something i wanted to and that then that's probably why you know he's commonly known but as rose because like people in the community accept it and he also did drag oh that's cool okay i, know, I was gonna cool? but i was gonna say like people probably like accept that more like in the native american culture yeah. than wow than not. so fun fact for everybody <gasps> that's so beautiful yeah okay so according to a winnipeg free press article by mike mcintyre <laughs> i think it's so funny when people have like alliterative names like that. superhero <laughs> names oh, yeah. mac mcintyre or sorry mike Mike McIntyre. That's just funny. On the evening of March 26, 2008, Calvin picked up a man by the name of Morris. Morris was on our last episode. episode I know. Very weird. So Calvin picked up a man by the name of Morris at a downtown Winnipeg bar. Calvin did what Sophie's envisioning. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) Not not me. I have no idea. But a cute, funny, seductive dance inside his... West Broadway apartment suite? What? Okay. You know when you're like comfortable with your significant other and you do like a goofy but also like sexy thing? But it's not a significant other. He's just some dude. I know, but I feel like... I feel like like a hookup type thing? Yeah, but I feel like when you do drag, you have like charisma that maybe other Uh, people don't. So I'm picturing him doing a funny, funny but seductive dance. Mike is like, I don't know what funny and seductive looks like. What? I don't come on I can be funny and seductive oh okay you were looking at me like I don't I don't know what that would look like on a woman <laughs> hmm. so but at, at like, the end of the day oops, I lost my clothes in the hall like oh I see okay like a funny but dancing I feel like I wouldn't do that with a cup though I'd be so like mm. I like I'm not just gonna I think I've done it with a hookup before I don't, I don't know. know why I looked at you we've never hooked up <laughs> anyway end of Moral of the story is he was propositioning Horace for sex. So Osborne, 42, uh, Rose Osborne, I should say, 42, mm. was attacked moments after with neighbors finding a blood-soaked Morris screaming profanities into the street. He was trying to turn me into some kind of F word with... I put an F bad word because I don't like that word. Yeah. It's, a, say, it's, a, it's, it's a, a slur. It's a I'll slur say, toward gay yeah, people. Yeah, that starts, starts with an, an F. Yeah. But to me, it's like the C word. Oh, it just it makes. Isn't it like? A, isn't it? Wasn't it like an original? Like it was like a log on fire. Isn't that? What uh, it, like? it was like kindling. 
Kind yep. Yeah, that was the original like kindling, and that's why it's used because for... apparently they're gonna burn in hell. So yeah, that easy is to burn. So fucked. Yeah. I just learned but at that the same a... time. Uh, Europeans often call cigarettes. Yeah. That same yeah. thing. Yeah. It was a burning stick. Um, <laughs> at least they're using it in a literal term of like mm-hmm. what the original word meant. But like, yeah. The, so anyway, the F word, I, it makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's kind of a gross thing. Anyway, Morris Richard McConnell. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> I was Pol- like politics. probably Irish or what? <laughs> no, I was thinking politics. Anyway. Not a clue. 59. <laughs> <laughs> yep, nope, not a clue. When All I heard right. that, I was like, oh, God. Morris Richard McConnell, 59, might have been a man who was confused about his own sexual orientation. And that may have led up to him murdering Kelvin. Was it Calvin or Kelvin? I thought it was Calvin with an A. Sorry, it's with an A. Yes. <laughs> okay. I was like, I was like Kelvin, like the was temperature. Was it Calvin or Calvin? It's Calvin. No, I was saying yeah. Kelvin Sorry. versus I got Calvin. It, yeah. Calvin. Sorry. Yeah, Cal- Calvin. As opposed to his sister's murder, which had clearly been racially motivated. But, I mean, it also could have been sexually, both, though. though yeah, for her. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, for sure. Like, it wasn't just a racial thing. I mean, I think that was, like, the lead. I think for it's like Helen, a, I think it was racially motivated, for sure. Yeah. And I think for his Calvin was, slash yeah. Rose, I... See, I'm watching a lot of Criminal Minds right now, and right now I'm like, B.A., you would totally profile this guy as being sexually frustrated with his own sexual orientation and taking it out on Calvin slash Rose. Yeah, like he thought he was like ready. Because like, why would he be there then? Why would he have gone to the apartment? Exactly. Thank you. And it's not like, I'm guessing if this guy goes by Rose, it's not like he's hiding the fact that Mm -hmm. he's... They picked each other up in a bar. It's not like they were hiding anything. Yeah. Like, it's okay to change your mind. You just don't have to fucking kill the guy. Yeah, you don't have to be so fucking extreme. (laughs) Jesus Christ. My God. So anyway, McConnell admits to drinking and smoking Mary Jane. Sorry. (laughs) Marijuana. (laughs) Before the attack and claims to have little memory of that night. He admitted to striking Osborne numerous times with a hammer i know it's horrible in the head and face and slashing his neck with a knife is this like a common thing just memory. in canada i have a, I have like, a good ma- i have no memory tools. but i'm just hand gonna, tools they don't have guns mike like, is easily like, accessible right in canada how to not besides properly. like hunting guns probably yeah that's yeah how do you use tools incorrectly this episode this voiding not, the warranty right. again this is not, that's what i said yeah that is not the correct way to use that Dude. And he slashed his neck with a knife. So he doesn't remember anything or much of the night, but he remembers that. (laughs) (laughs) But he recites it play by play for the police. Good job. Looks good. It's like I sobered up during that time. McConnell then went to his neighbor's suite and told them, I think I've done something bad. I did a bad thing. Oh, my God. He waited with Osborne in the suite until police and emergency responders arrived. Wow, that's odd. Like that he didn't flee, you mean? Yeah, that he's just like. I'm going to hang out here. Yeah, I'll just... Not going to help stop the bleeding or like... I'm just going to watch him die. Oh my God, you fucking sadist. (laughs) Osborne was breathing when paramedics got to the scene but died in hospital hours later. Despite the comments he made in the presence of the witnesses, Crown and defense lawyers said at his hearing they no longer considered the murder to be motivated by Osborne's sexual orientation. What is with them just changing their mind? Isn't that weird? But keep in mind, that's his defense attorneys. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, what's whose crown? The crown is like, for us, it'd be the state versus whatever. Oh, I was like, somebody's last name crown? Like, I was so confused. (laughs) 
that I, I do don't know. know Canadian justice that system. Is, I'm sorry. Yeah, that I don't the know. Only, that's the only Canadian thing I know. But okay, yeah, because they they're changed, affiliated with England. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They changed their mind, but I think it was really directly so they, so, sexually but, motivated. But so what were they going to say that happened? It was a defense thing, probably. Uh, well, well I'll get to yeah, it. you'll read it. Yeah, they said McConnell was confused about his own sexual orientation and admits to having originally invited osborne back to his place from the lounge at the sherbrooke inn his own orientation issues may have put him in a position where the this event occurred prosecutor scott cooper told queen's bench justice glenn joyle this was an act that was committed as a result of self-loathing which i think is accurate i think that's true it doesn't excuse it. Yeah, self-loathing or not, I, Sophie. Sorry. <laughs> and I, I guess, stand firm. <laughs> I'll say Sophie. Stands firm that this is not an excuse to commit an act of murder. Okay, y- yes, I, I agree. I agree with that statement. And I just I don't just, think that. Well, I just didn't know what it was. Well, I no, I didn't, didn't want to speak for you. <laughs> okay. I didn't read the whole sentence, so I didn't know what she was going to say. I also agree with that statement. Just to clarify. <laughs> no, I, d- I definitely think that's a great reason. No, it's... It's not. There's no, never a good no, reason for murder. No, I didn't think that you would. Come on, I just wrote so the, I'm used to writing the script well, in first person. Okay. Yeah, so I'm like, uh. Anyway, he <laughs> did make one brief statement at sentencing, which I'm sure fell on deaf ears as the family had already experienced such a huge loss years before. And we're now having to relive that horror once again. I am unbelievably upset with myself over this whole incident, McConnell said to the court. I apologize to the Osborne family for the grief that I've caused. In the end, McConnell did the right thing by pleading guilty to second-degree murder for the March 2008 stabbing and beating to death of Calvin Osborne. I mean, the one good thing he could have done was pled guilty at least. Yeah. Which is why he didn't have, he didn't end up having to address that defense change because he pled guilty because he, yeah. Got it. When you plead guilty, there's no trial. Even the criminals are polite in Canada. Oh, I don't... I mean, I guess he did wait for the body, and he did plead guilty. He's like, I did a bad thing. He oh, knew yes, he, I get. He had <laughs> remorse. Yes, I did that there. Yeah, that he is had, true. Had, I guess somewhat a remorse, right? That's true. He was given the mandatory minimum sentence of life in prison with no chance of parole for at least ten years. <laughs> Sorry, there, eh? <sighs> that fucking ten-year thing really yeah. pisses me off. Yeah. At the end of Calvin's passing, both his parents, sister Helen, and brothers Gordon, Tommy, and Wallace. Franklin. Sorry, that's two first names for that last. Okay, I was like, Gordon, Tommy, and Wallace Franklin had already passed away. Calvin was born and raised in Norway House and left home as a teenager to pursue his dreams and live among people who accepted his lifestyle in Winnipeg. He worked as a general laborer and carpenter's helper to support himself. So he knew how to use a hammer. He knew how to use all those tools that were improperly used in this episode. Oh, God. Anyway, Calvin had a graceful and joyful presence that indicated his acceptance of his identity and he was not ashamed to be himself. I could tell from the... Sophie could tell from the comments <laughs> on his obituary. <laughs> I didn't read Sorry. the obituary, so like, I can't like Sorry. say that. But he had a large and close-knit group of friends who he loved to dress in drag with and who supported him and miss him very much. His own belief in himself showed others how to accept his expression of himself as he was. Chief Justice Alvin Hamilton and Judge Murray Sinclair concluded their 1991 final report by stating, In almost every aspect of our legal system, the treatment of Aboriginal people is tragic. Canada's treatment of its first citizens has been an international disgrace. 
We'll end with a tidbit from a graphic novelist who published a book based on the life and murder of Helen Betty Osborne. David Alexander Robertson, an author of Irish, Scottish, English, and Cree heritage. He's me. Mm-hmm. Except I'm also Ottawa. Yamia. But he, and, lo- he looks like your brother. And Ojibwe. I have a few tribes on him. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like your but brother, he, though. Which one? The Kyle? author. No, no. Yeah, yeah, Kyle. I yeah. meant which one of, like, my Sorry. brothers. Yes, Kyle. Because I do not. They look kind of similar, but not. He looks like a very... Without the long hair, he looks like a very stereotypical, attractive Native American man. I think my brother's attractive. No, sorry. The author. Uh Uh-oh. Kyle and all his dudes. Kyle and all his dudes are all Mm. very attractive. Nice. But the author. I thought the author was very attractive. But you said he looks like my brother. That's right. I think Native American men are attractive. I see. (laughs) She's like, I see. I thought you liked the white boys. <laughs> <laughs> Maverick was Greek. I think I like mixed. Well, okay, for a really long time, it used to be specifically mixed Asians like myself only. <laughs> only. Only. Half white, half Asian. Oh my God. Okay, but anyway, this guy, David Alexander Robertson, is a graphic novelist and writer who has long been an advocate for educating youth on indigenous history and contemporary issues. Helen Betty Osborne's story is timeless, and that's a fact I struggle with. I wish it wasn't. I wish she could be remembered only as the vibrant, driven, kind young woman she was. But for that to happen, change needs to happen. And to create change, we need to know her face. And the faces of the many of hundreds who have followed. Then and only then can we move beyond viewing these women, sisters, mothers, daughters, as statistics. Their faces need to be real to us. And this is why we need to share these stories. I thought Aww. he said it perfectly. So that's why I wanted to end with yeah. what he what he said about it. Yeah, that's a really good way to say it. Because like you can't change something if you don't know their names, their stories. You don't their... know a baseline. Like I'm even mm-hmm. going back to like engineering things like you can't fix a problem unless you know where you're currently at. And Very the well past said. of like where it was before. Yep. So when you need when you change things and you have to change kind of like one thing at a time, build on it, mm-hmm. you know. Very so, well said. Yeah, just combining my engineering brain, you know, with this, <laughs> with this indigenous story. But yeah, that's super sad though. Like, you know, and Winnipeg is not like super far from here, from Minnesota. It's like st- straight up above us. Straight up. Oh, I was like, it's only an hour north of Minot, which is where I went to college. Yeah, but. We're in Minnesota, which is still like not that far, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of Canada, right? It's like a huge nine hours. As well. Yeah, it was an hour and a half away from Grand Forks when I was up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. just over the border there. So, yeah, that was that was not an easy one to read. Man. Sorry, yeah, that was a bummer. I think I mentioned real quick in passing last week. Maybe hey, we're gonna do a, but it was really quick. Yeah, it was not. A, I was not mentally <laughs> mentally prepared, <laughs> but that's okay. Ooh, one of our listeners did have like a good suggestion. If you stock up on the minis and you listen to a mini after these bummers, it's nice. Because yeah. these two hate two truths and a lie. Mike, you've yeah. been gone for a while. Tell us something good. Yeah. Tell me something good. It's good in the neighborhood. Yeah. We haven't seen you in so long. There must be something. How was Texas? You never even it's warm. Us. All my exes live in Texas. Yeah, Texas was awesome. Texas is great. Nice. That's oh, it. Cool. That's 
Such was, a guy response to that question. <laughs> oh, sex that? is so good. Yeah. Sex is great. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, wow. No divulging. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, with that. Uh, Mike, because of that, because of your poor, piss poor quality <laughs> description, you have to do two truths and a lie, and Gabby, have an, Gabby and I have to guess what okay. is what. Okay. That's your punishment. He's like, let me get comfortable. It was good. <laughs> it was good. It, it was, was great. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> Do you want to know more about that? Two truths okay. and a lie. Yeah. I wasn't, right. I wasn't being serious. Let's see. I played Prince Charming in middle school. You've given me this one before. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Does she remember? But it was true. I've never been to Canada. That's a good one considering the episode actually. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Good job, Mike. Thanks. Thanks. I try. And not all of my bones are my own. I guess is a good way to phrase it. Ooh. Not all of my bones are my own. Okay, so it's either the Canada one or the bones one, because for sure he has played Prince Charming in a play. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Mike hasn't been to Canada for some reason. He gives me the vibes of a non-Canadian traveler. What do you guys think? You think that's the lie? Can you remember, has Mike broken anything? Don't they put metal in you now? Okay, I think, oh, I I think the bone say, yeah. thing is the lie. No, I was going to no, say that's Canada. True. Fuck! I, I knew yeah, it. I've, I've been to Canada once. Um, I, uh, when I turned 21. I spent my, like, I oh guess my going God. into my 21st birthday, I spent it in a Canadian strip club. She's saying, so he's saying I have, he's never... I, I have been to Canada. Oh, so I was right. The bone is the lie. No, that's true. Wait, I'm confused. I said I've never been to Canada. That's a lie. I have been to Canada. Yes. Oh, he got me with the, I've never been. Okay. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I thought you said I have been to Canada. and Oh, okay. We got it. But either way, I got to Canada. Yeah. (laughs) Canada. Either way, I got it right. I've only been to Canada once. (laughs) I was Uh, like, I've only been to Canada once. I did play Prince Charming in the eighth grade production of uh, Cinderella. Aww. I do have a cadaver bone in my ankle. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wait, what happened with your ankle? I had three torn ligaments, tendonitis, and a shattered bone. So I've had two ankle surgeries. Oh my god, I want to vomit. How did you do that? Uh, it was I, I broke it when I was twelve, and then uh, it was weak, and so then the stress of that and just spraining it over and over again, playing sports and uh, working and and whatnot. Um, and finally, one day, I sprained it really bad, and I went in, and the guy's like, "Oh yeah, like it's it's messed up, but it's." It's been like that for like a year, so you've been walking on it. We can put this old dead guy in you, though, to fix it. Yeah, yeah, that's what he did. So I can say that I have a a different guy's bone in my body every day. Nice. Mm-hmm. And pet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Did, you, they, did they ever tell you the name of your donor or no? No. Oh, okay. No, I think, I think I've actually been asked that before, and I, I would tell, oh, yeah, like Carl Anderson or something. <laughs> I feel like if it were something more important, like your heart or your right. lungs, you'd then know. you'd want to know. Yeah. But something RIP to the guy who ever yeah. gave up his ankle for you. I'm sorry. I feel like that's not <laughs> <Yeah>. as important. <laughs> Carl Anderson's like, fuck you. Like your grandpa gave me his ankle. You want to hear it crack? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gabby's reading uh, sorry. E- some email. I'm trying to find, <laughs> find some for our mini Monday. <laughs> All right, guys. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you again uh, for joining us, listeners, uh, for another episode of uh, Sophie's Choice Murders and Mysteries. We didn't actually introduce ourselves at the very, at the very <gasps> beginning. 
We haven't done that in forever. No, we forgotten have. to introduce ourselves. That's how rusty we are. How about that? Dang. Dang. The trio's back. Fucking rusty <laughs> we are. Mike is back. Mm-hmm. Back again. 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 Oh, Michael's back. Okay, yeah. Okay. Good, good <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> Fantastic. So go ahead and stay spooky. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> go ahead and tune in on Monday for our mini money up ep- Monday episode where we get to read our listener emails uh, that, from you guys, the listeners. Boo! <laughs> uh, you can share some of your own stories. Uh, tell us what you thought about this one. Please leave a review uh, or any comments that you have for this for future episodes, as well as uh, we'll be back next week on Thursday. To with another story. With another story. Woo-woo. We're not quitting. Yeah. We're not quitting, guys. We're not done yet. Yeah. Calm I was down. Like, Mike, give us a we're not quitting. Calm down. <laughs> I saw your deleted comments on Instagram. Mama didn't raise no quitter. Yeah, mama didn't raise no quitter. It's just yeah. Anyway. Until then. Stay spooky. Don't be shitty. Bye. Bye. Gabby, where can they find our podcast? You can find Sophie's Choice Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you like to listen. Make sure to follow and leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. Email your spooky stories to Sophie's Choice Murderies at gmail.com and make sure to like and follow at Sophie's Choice Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. All our links are in the show notes. We'll chat with you, Murderies, next week. Stay spooky. Mm-hmm.